Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. All right, glad you're with us. 26 days to go. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the uh, program. Uh, 26 days to go. And, you know, we've got some good polling numbers out to share with you, which we'll do in the course of the program today. Um, One of the polls that we're watching, one of the toughest races, believe it or not, is in the state of Nevada. It is a tough—Nevada and Arizona are going to be very, very tough. The latest poll— now, for the first time, has Martha McSally in Arizona up. Uh, and there are two polls now showing that Dean Heller has has pulled ahead um, of his challenger. It's a slim lead. NBC News Marist has it at only 46-44. And uh, the poll uh, completed October 3rd, say the independents out in Nevada, that they favor Heller. Uh, 4239. That's a that's good news for him. Uh, a New York Times Siena College poll had 47 percent for Heller, compared to 45 percent uh, of support for his opponent. It, you know those two states are going to be key if we can get Arizona and Nevada. And I'm look, I'm just just looking at all scenarios. I don't know how this is all going to work out in the end. I want to be very clear. But if those two states get into the Republican column. That will be massive because I think the chances of a Republican pickup in some of these other states are much greater. Like, for example, we you got to hold Nevada. You got to hold that state. You got to win. And Rick Scott's got to win in Florida. And he's been struggling in, in Florida. One other interesting side note in all this, Ted Cruz now is up by nine. That's some good news if we're looking at the latest polls. Uh, that's Cruz versus Beto O'Rourke, the beloved leftist in, in Texas, the Texas governor, who I happen to like a lot, Governor Abbott. Um, he's up by 20. Uh, I think he helps Ted Cruz by being on the ballot because uh, he's a very loved figure in the great state of uh, Texas. And I hope the right thing happens there. 
The latest poll in Arizona that I saw actually had McSally up by six. and She had been down for a number of weeks. I do believe that there is a, a Kavanaugh effect. I think people have finally had it. And every single thing that we've been telling you about the Democrats not being a party that has solutions or answers to problems uh, have now gotten infinitely worse. This is way beyond what they do every two and, and four years. Republicans, racist, you know my whole list by now. Uh, we have a tough race. By the way, it's going to be a tough race for Scott Walker in Wisconsin, who I think has done a phenomenal job uh, as it relates to, you know, the state of Wisconsin. And I hope the people of Wisconsin finally remember that. But we now have Walker in one poll finally up by one. But it's very, very close. Uh, we have a Georgia governor race that's also closer than I would like for comfort. Uh, with the Republican Kemp up by two. And so we're following that race pretty closely. Um, and some of the other races that we're watching, the president's approval rating now is doing very, very well. He's at, what, 51% in Rasmussen. And so we'll watch that. But I think if you look at Heidi Heitkamp, I think she's going to be and should be defeated in North Dakota. I hope the people of Montana will pay attention and understand that you basically have Chuck Schumer Jr. because John Tester always goes with Chuck Schumer. And the people of Montana can take back that state, which is a red state. Then you've got other states like Indiana. I think Joe Donnelly can be defeated in Indiana. I think definitely Claire McCaskill, she ought to be sent packing. And I think Marsha Blackburn is going to be a phenomenal Senator from the great state of Tennessee. She's been a longtime friend of this program, and recent polls now have her up as well. And then we get to these all-important house races. I'm not going to spend the time here. It's more of a visual thing that we're doing on television. And we're picking 10 important house races a night, and we're identifying those specific districts that are going to make a difference on election night in 26 days, and that will literally they, these these districts we're putting up hold the balance of power in the house of representatives i mean because of gerrymandering a, a big portion and percentage of seats end up being safe for both republicans and democrats so we'll find out for voters by the way trump more help now to these candidates and the president's got what he's out four days this week and he's going to be campaigning for everybody in these tight races in an attempt to help them all out and um I honestly think that if Republicans would adapt just a little bit, they don't have to take the style of Donald Trump, but if they go out and, and passionately support making the tax cuts permanent, if they passionately talk about ending the bureaucracy the way the president has been doing it, if they will sign on to building and fully funding the border wall, if they will do the alternative health care solutions that we talk about all the time on this program, like health savings accounts and health care cooperatives, et cetera, we're just going to have a better country and, and a more prosperous country. You, you cannot deny the success of this president and the, fewer, the, the pure force of personality. I mean, Donald Trump is a force of nature. And I know that he breaks dishes. I know he's an iconoclast. I know he's a disruptor. But if he's not fighting, then we're not winning. And when he goes up even against our own allies and says, you're not paying your fair share in NATO and we're paying the bulk of money for NATO, and then you're stupid enough, Chancellor Merkel, to go make deals to help make Russia and Vladimir Putin rich again, well, you're basically, 
it's a, you're counteracting everything that NATO's trying to do, which is prevent a hostile regime from ever having the power to turn off the spigot and turn off the lifeblood of Western Europe's economy. And these are simple, basic things. Nobody ever thought that the president would get along with little rocket man, fire and fury. Apparently, Mike Pompeo, the secretary of state, had a phenomenal meeting. I talked to two sources, a phenomenal meeting with little rocket man. And now little rocket man is dead. He's serious about getting rid of any nuclear ambitions, denuclearization of the Korean peninsula. The guy that everybody in the media said was going to start World War Three. That guy is bringing peace to the Korean peninsula. You look at Seoul, South Korea. You know, you look over the, the DMZ, and what do you see? 30 million people live there. A nuclear-armed North Korea is not something that the world needs if you care about human life. And as a result, I would assume that, you know, markets would open up to North Korea. The people of North Korea have been suffering. You might even see a reunification one day of North and South Korea. Korea. How great would that be for the world? You know, you got a president that's not dropping cargo planes full of cash and other currencies, you know, on the on the tarmac for mullahs in Iran that hate us and chant death to America, death to Israel. That's not happening either. You know, I want to get in. Michelle Obama um, was on the Today Show earlier today in an interview with Savannah Guthrie asking about recent comments from Eric Holder about kicking Republicans. Let's go to Holder's comments and Hillary Clinton's comments. You can't be civil with anybody that disagrees with us. Listen. Michelle Obama, I love her, you know. She and my wife, like, really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. Uh, but Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. This new Democratic Party is about. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. And you heard how the Republican members, led by Mitch McConnell, the president, really demeaned the confirmation process. Yeah, we we can't be civil if we disagree with them. No, give us power and then we'll be civil. You got to be kidding. When you when they go low, you just kick them. Well, Michelle Obama said fear is not a proper motivator. Hope wins out. And if you think about how you want your kids to be raised, how you want them to think about life and their opportunities. Do you want them to be afraid of their neighbors and you want them angry? Do you want them vengeful? Why didn't Michelle Obama say anything when Sarah Sanders was run out of a restaurant or Pam Bondi was run out of a restaurant or Secretary Nielsen was run out of a restaurant by these angry liberal leftist mobs? And they are mobs. And this is, as Rand Paul pointed out, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody might get killed in all of this if they allow this to continue. But the rhetoric is coming from the, quote, so-called leadership. And by the way, Barack Obama himself was not exactly a saint when it came to the issue of being, uh, well, civil. 
I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their face. And that was pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put uh, I'll put I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. Can we explain that when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level? No, our motto is when they go low, we go high. No, they're going lower than they've ever been. And that's what we witnessed with Judge Kavanaugh with no due process, no presumption of innocence, the most outrageous allegations that were thrown against this man. And people still, oh, I believe I believe people, when there's no corroborating evidence, that's a party that doesn't believe in fundamental, basic, fairness, constitutional due process, and the presumption of innocence. That is insane. And we saw what happened to him. But we see it every two and four years, don't we? And we're seeing it now, and it's happening. And you got people like, let's see, Maxine Waters, Cory Booker, Eric Holder. Yeah, get in their face, kick them when they're down. You know, follow them into gas stations and grocery stores. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. But Michelle Witt says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. This is a party that has no vision to make the life of any American better in 26 days. What are they running on? Endless investigation, impeachment. Well, they want to get rid of, eliminate ICE, open borders, keep Obamacare, and they want their stupid crumbs back. You know, the thousands of dollars that you have in your pocket that the government once had. They want it back. Republicans need to go out there with an agenda to make those tax cuts permanent, to fully fund the border wall, free market solutions for health care, a strong and secure America, and national defense, and constitutional justices on the Supreme Court. Originalist, as the president says every day, it's not that it's not that difficult. All right. We've got a lot to get to today. We're going to go over more of the polls. We've got oh, incredible meeting at the White House with Kanye West, Jim Brown and President Trump. Uh, Melania's interview with ABC is now making a lot of news. We're going to talk about what she had to say. Do you have opinions that you feel you can't express? I think we all do. Are you looking for a place to stir up conversation and let your opinions be heard? I want to introduce you to a new alternative social media site, Snippy.com. Snippy is an unbiased social media platform that's all about conversation and community. Snippy not only encourages freedom of expression, but guarantees its users the ability to discuss topics freely, without any suppression from administrators. Check in for a quick update about current events, or spend hours scrolling through users' posts. Write your 
your thoughts and strike up conversation. Snippy's founders have intentionally created a forum where anyone can feel free to express their thoughts, frustrations, ideas, anything really. It's a place where discussion is valued. A place where your opinion matters. Totally free. Go to snippy.com now to express yourself. No shadow banning, no character limit, and no suppression of conservative thought ever. Check out the website at snippy.com or download the app. No censorship, no agenda. Join us at Snippy to get the discussion rolling. I mean, this was really a historic moment at the White House as Kanye showed up today. Did drop the F-bomb in the Oval Office. That kind of happened today also. You know, I love Hillary. I love everyone, right? But the campaign, I'm with her, just didn't make me feel as a guy that didn't get to see my dad all the time, like a guy that could play catch with his son. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. That was That's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cake for me also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys. Non-political, no bullshit. Put the beef on it, however you want to do it, five seconds delay, and just goes in and gets it done. Right now, you gave me the heart to go to Adidas, because at Adidas, when I went in in 2015, we were a $14 billion company, losing $2 billion a year. Now we have a $38 billion market cap. It's called the Yeezy effect. I mean, it just was a phenomenal moment, and I think an opportunity. I'm going to get into that when we get back. Because the narrative that we always hear that, well, the, the, the minorities, that Democrats have a, a monopoly of compassion for minorities, but they're doing better when Ronald Reagan is president and George Bush is president and when Donald Trump is president. Matter of fact, now they're doing better than ever. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program today. we got a lot coming up, and uh, we'll get to your calls, Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows, and much more straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, Mediaite had a piece out. It's, it's not generally well-known. I never knew this, but the son of Obama National Security Advisor Susan Rice well, her son happens to be a conservative. In fact, his name is John Rice Cameron. He's the president of the Stanford University College Republicans. And he's now saying that he was assaulted by one of these violent Democratic uh, Democrat protesters during the pro-Kavanaugh rally that they had last week. And the Stanford Daily reports that Rice Cameron, who is the president of the Stanford College Republicans, claims that a classmate, Melinda Hernandez, quote, shoved him in the chest with her hand during a verbal disagreement. Now, the student news outlet, citing a Stanford Department of Public Safety spokesperson, said Hernandez was placed under private person arrest at Rice Cameron's request and issued a citation for battery. Now, the Stanford Daily quoted a law enforcement source saying there is no obvious physical injury to either party involved and Rice Cameron refused evaluation by paramedics. Hernandez, along with multiple other witnesses, dispute the characterization and claim Hernandez merely touched him after he refused to stop video recording uh, her without her consent. I don't know if you saw the recent video of my friend and uh, colleague Brian Kilmeade at the Fox News Channel. Brian's walking the streets of New York and these guys, they, they just would not let up. Brian goes on the subway. They're in the subway. They're going, 
If you want to say something to somebody that's best friends with Donald Trump, say it now. I mean, it's unbelievable. And what are you supposed to do in that? You can't react. You can't say anything. But they're creating. You talk about what do we what do, what do liberals always say? Hostile environments. They're creating a pretty hostile mob like environment in some cases. We showed the video of what went on in Portland where. Literally, people driving their cars are being stopped. Their cars are being kicked. God forbid if you had a Make America Great bumper sticker on your car or or wearing a Make America Great hat, God help you in that particular case. Listen, and all of this is being encouraged by the so-called leaders of the Democratic Party. And that's that's what we've got to understand here. This is the modern left, the Democratic Party. There's no vision. There's no there's there are no solutions being offered. There's a lot of hate being peddled around, a lot of innuendo. Now we know they're not the party of the Constitution and due process and presumption of innocence. You know, these values have served us well as a country for a long time. And now in a very pathetic and sad and frankly now alarming state. And I honestly think that Rand Paul is not off base when he says that this rhetoric is going to lead to somebody getting killed at some point. When Democrats say get up in their face, they need to realize that there are a lot of unstable people out there. There are people with anger issues. There are people that are prone to violence. They might even live next door to you. You don't know where these people are. But what we shouldn't do is incite people to violence. The problem is, is rational people might back down. But what's going to happen when the guy comes with a gun to a rally or comes with a knife to a rally? There is going to be an assassination if this doesn't ratchet down. And I think the other side needs to really calm the rhetoric down. Yeah, they need to calm the rhetoric down. But it's not like, what are they going to do? They're going to go out there and say, well, we're running on raising your taxes. We're running on open borders and eliminating ICE. We're running because we want to impeach the president. We've tried for two years to undermine this man. We've had the power of the deep state at levels that, well, nobody ever thought could be so corrupt. You know, talking about putting a wire on the president. And invoking the 25th Amendment on the president just because they lost, you know, and the, and the whole Russia investigation was created by phony smoke and mirrors. Even Lisa Page said just prior to the appointment of Mueller, we had, there was no there there. They had nothing on Trump and Russia and any collusion. So what did they do? Well, they went to their their strategy, which was their plan B, which was, oh, let's let's. Let's leak to the media everything in the Clinton bought and paid for dossier. And it'll look like it's coming from all these individual sources and it'll look like it's real. And then sure enough, they leak. That's their insurance policy that Strzok and Page talked about. Now you got in the Washington Post, you got McCabe is arguing with Rod Rosenstein. You have now three people, four people as of today that are now saying Rod Rosenstein absolutely meant it when he talked about wearing a wire on the president to get the president to say something. The FBI director said this week he couldn't give a straight answer about whether or not they're still surveilling the president of the United States. What, what is this? Uh, do you think that it's possible that the president's conversations with international leaders are in the FISA database? 
I'm not sure there's anything I could speak to in this but setting. It's been, it's been reported in the Washington Post about two years ago, there were 1,500 times in which the president, this was when Obama was president, uh, was minimized, meaning that, yes, you are gathering up so much information, you, the NSA, the intelligence community, that actually the president's conversations are gathered up in there. Do you think it's possible that uh, Congress, uh, members of Congress are in the FISA database if we talk to international leaders? Well, Senator, I am quite confident that we are conducting ourselves in a manner consistent with the law and the Constitution and subject to extensive oversight. Well, that's not true. Let's stop for a second and remind everybody that Hillary Clinton got off scot-free after committing felonies that would have put all of us in jail. A two-tiered justice system. We don't have equal justice or application of our laws. And then after that, then they immediately begin this Russia witch hunt because the same people are involved, the same people that think we're smelly Trump Walmart voters, the same people that literally gave her an exoneration without any real investigation. You know, now they're going after Donald Trump. And what do they do? They end up using the bought and paid for phony Russian dossier that its own author doesn't stand by. It was used before the election to secure a FISA warrant against the Trump campaign associate. How did they do it? They didn't verify, corroborate any of it, and they committed a fraud on the FISA court and lied to FISA court judges to get a warrant against an American citizen. They didn't do it once. They did it four times. It is unbelievable, the abuse of power. And then they, they leaked this information, Brennan and company, all to influence the American people with lies and propaganda and misinformation before the last election. Then when they lose the election, well, in comes the insurance policy and a media leak strategy. And the media leak strategy is, oh, let's just create the impression that all this horrible stuff happened with Russia, and none of it did. Now, I see now we, but we did have a plan if Donald Trump didn't accept the results of the election. Meanwhile, they had a plan, you know, they never had a plan or thought that Donald Trump would win. That's why I keep saying to you that in 27 days, you have the power to shock the world again. America now needs all of you. These, these house races in California, especially Southern California, matter. These house races in Minnesota matter. These house races that are, are going on even in New York, they matter. That's why I'm giving 10 a night these Senate races in Montana, it matters. Nevada, uh, Dean Heller, it matters. Um, Martha McSally, it matters in Arizona. It matters in Indiana. Joe Donnelly is basically Chuck Schumer, but with a different state after his name. There's no difference. He's going to vote for Chuck Schumer. All these Democrats want power to give it to Nancy Pelosi in the House. That's what this country is going to look like. It's not like anything they're proposing that's going to make the country a better place, a more prosperous America, a more safe America, a more secure America. So there's a lot at stake here. You know, all we see is Trump hate, 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 abuse of power, smears, slanders, even abandoning core fundamental principles like due process and presumption of innocence and a belief in Fourth Amendment rights for crying out loud. And you got, you know, leaders, a former attorney general of the United States saying, no, if they go low, we're going to kick them. And then we got other people that get in their face, follow them into grocery stores and, and, and malls or wherever, the department stores and gas stations. Now we're chasing women 
out of restaurants like Pam Bondi and Secretary Nielsen and Sarah Sanders. Then not only did they kick Sarah Sanders and her family out of one restaurant, that wasn't enough. They follow her to another restaurant. She's with her kids for crying out loud. Just like the things that have been said about Ivanka and the things that have been said about Melania Trump. A lot of people, oh, they're all outraged that Melania Trump, I've been one of the most bullied people of all. Well, that happens to be factual. Even a 12-year-old kid is not off limits at this point in time. It's ridiculous. You got far-left activists blocking traffic, assaulting commuters in Portland, Oregon. You got, you know, one instance in the Capitol where, you know, all these congressmen, the senators are getting shouted out. I mean, you're going to have to clear the halls of Congress now where people can't go because of this. Because if you don't, somebody's going to get hurt. And I don't care. I think I don't want a Republican or a Democrat hurt. These are supposed to be the elected representatives of the people. I can't stand some of them. And they're lazy and they only care about themselves. But it's now becoming a hostile environment. They can't walk out the door. One congressman, literally a Republican, assaulted inside of his office when a horde of protesters, the mob, kicked in his door. You know, how much of this are we going to take? And then fake news CNN, they're upset that, it's, that people are actually saying they're angry mobs. Well, just turn on the television set. Your eyes are not going to lie to you. When you see people like Ted Cruz getting chased out of restaurants by a mob. Oh, when you see, you're when not you, going to use the mob I will, word Oh, here. It's, it's totally a mob. It is without a there's doubt. A it's, it's, uh, there's no other word mass. for it. It's a go show. Put up a the mob. Video stop. Stop. That is mob behavior. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. Matt, we already did that. We yeah. already said they weren't mobs. No, it's not mob behavior. Thank it's you. people who are no, upset and they're angry not. with the way the the way the country is going and the policies oh, that these so people. Just, will you let me finish, Matt, please, before you jump in? OK. I mean, what else do you call it? This is all at stake in 26 days. All of this now matters. Rand Paul, you know, the poor guy got got hit in his own house for crying out loud. You know, his private information is doxxed. All these people now are, are posting and putting up people's personal addresses and emails and phone numbers so they can be harassed 24-7 a day. Rand Paul's wife now sleeping with a loaded gun by her bed because of the atmosphere that now exists out there. You know, all this private contact information is being made public by the extreme left. Well, what do you think people are going to do if you say to get in their face, get in the face of cabinet members, follow them into restaurants, follow them into department stores, follow them into, you know, gas stations? Well, I mean, they're with their kids or their wives half the time. I mean, good grief. If you don't like Ted Cruz's policies, vote him out of office. You know, it was funny. One night I was coming out of Fox when I was um, when I was down in Washington last week, and I ran into uh, what's the senator from Connecticut's name? Uh, No, 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 no. Yeah, Blumenthal. No, Blumenthal. I ran into him. I said, hey, Senator, how are you? I said, you know, very nice to talk. Very nice to meet you. I said, I think you're dead wrong on all this, but... uh, You know, if you'd like to come on the show one day, I'd like to have you. What am I supposed to do? Get in his face and yell at him because I hated what he was doing? Good grief. If Republicans or conservatives ever pulled this crap, it would never be tolerated, ever, by the media and the left. Oh, don't use the mob word. No, not on this network. What are you talking about?
you know, the Oklahoma City bombing happens and they, they immediately race to talk radio to blame Rush Limbaugh. I don't know people that are conservative that are racist. And if they say they're conservative and they are racist, I want nothing to do with them. As does the 99.9% of other conservatives. Or any, or, 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 I mean, what is wrong with you people to say all this every two and four years? It's ridiculous. Rush to judgment. How much have we seen of that? Cambridge Police, Ferguson, Missouri, Freddie Gray, Duke Lacrosse, UVA, Judge Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, Robert Bork. This is not, this is their only playbook. The only good news is, is now finally it seems that people are waking up. I hope that all of you are paying attention to this election because there's a lot at stake here. A lot at stake. No, very even simple, fundamental things. I'm going to tell you what it comes down to. We now have a duty at this point in our history to defend the freedom for future generations. Here's a question to ask yourself. Are we better off as a country than we were just two years ago? Is our economy better off? We have record low unemployment, exploding economy. We're more safe and secure as a country than we were two years ago, dramatically safer. Do you want this success to continue or do you want to go back to the Obama years? Do you want endless and frivolous investigation, impeachment, higher taxes, open borders, eliminate ICE? You want to keep Obamacare? What kind of judges do you want on the Supreme Court? It's a lot at stake. All right, a lot of ground to cover today. Um, Rod Rosenstein, where is he? We're going to get to that. We're going to check in with Jim Jordan. Dave Brad is going to check in with us today as well. He's another congressman that that is an important, pivotal race in the balance of power in Virginia. We need Dave Brat back for the Freedom Caucus. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue straight ahead. The rule of law is indispensable to a thriving and vibrant society. It shields citizens from government overreaching and arbitrary action. It allows businesses to enter into contracts and invest with confidence. It gives innovators protection for their discoveries. It keeps people safe from dangerous criminals. And it allows us to resolve our differences peacefully through reason and logic. Lawyers are obligated to speak up for the truth. John Adams famously observed that facts are stubborn things. And whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passion, they cannot alter the state of the facts and the evidence. Pursuing truth means always yielding to the facts, even if they run counter to our hopes. In a courtroom, Truth is about credible evidence, not strong opinions. The way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, we have to have admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court. 
and we have to affix our signature to the charging document. That's something that not everybody appreciates. Uh, there's a lot of talk about FISA applications, and many people that I, I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA application. A FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, in order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief. Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is, if you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences. Well, you signed the last FISA warrant, Mr. Rosenstein, and, and what do we know? We know the bulk of the information was that phony Clinton bought and paid for dossier that even its author doesn't stand by. Where are the consequences for you? You know, you're signing, a, you're swearing that the information is true and correct. Well, you never verified any of it. And you signed the last affidavit. Good grief. Now, this is the same Rod Rosenstein. We now have three individuals, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe, James Baker. I think we have a fourth one today. We'll get to in a second. All swearing that he wanted to wear a wire on the president of the United States in a scheme and a plot that he'd say something. And he went married. He went into details, apparently. Well, they're not going to check if I have my phone. I'll just bring my phone in and I'll just record the president of the United States. And maybe he'll say something dumb and we can invoke the 25th Amendment. The same guy that signed the third renewal application for the FISA warrant. That's the fourth FISA warrant, the third renewal application. All of it based on the phony dossier. In every case of fraud committed upon the FISA courts. And then the same information that we now have learned a media leak strategy that existed just before Lisa Page said nobody had any evidence of any Trump-Russia collusion at all. And Peter Strzok said uh, there's no there there at all. But now we know what the insurance policy was. They had a media leak strategy to, to create the impression that there was a lot that they had when in fact it was them leaking to different news sources to create the impression that this was real. And then, of course, you know, uniting with their good friend Robert Mueller, and that's why it's been a witch hunt for whatever, 18 months. The biggest abuse of power ever, that phony dossier used to manipulate not only FISA court judges and commit a fraud on them, but that information was disseminated before the election so that the American people would buy the lies and the propaganda and, and vote for Hillary. Oh, geez, see, hookers in a bed, urinating in Moscow. We can't elect this guy. And then it got used again and again and again. They weaponized what turned out to be nothing but a debunked set of documents that its own author won't stand by. Anyway, why won't Rod Rosenstein now appear under oath? before the committees of Trey Gowdy and Bob Goodlatte. Where's the subpoena demanding that he turn over the, the 302s, the FISA warrants, all these things that have been requested? Jim Jordan, who's joining us, Freedom Caucus member, candidate to be a Speaker of the House of Representatives if the Republicans win in 26 days, and Congressman Dave Bratt of Virginia. And by the way, Congressman Dave Bratt happens to be in one of those districts that is a very, very tough but winnable district. If you're in, what district are you in in the Commonwealth, sir? 7th seventh, seventh District, Sean. Thanks if, if, much. If you're in the 7th District in the Commonwealth of Virginia, let me tell you something. 
We need Dave Bratt as part of the Freedom Caucus because mm-hmm. that's the only group that's been out there fighting to keep the promises that the Republicans made, you know, for the last seven years. And he's been fighting hard every day, and he's taking a lot of heat for it. And now they're throwing tons of money to get him defeated. If you're in the 7th District in Virginia, I hope you go out and vote for Dave Bratt. Maybe help out his campaign if you can. Anyway, welcome both of you to the program. Uh, Jim, let me start with you. Is, sure. it, is it three or four people now that say that Rod Rosenstein wanted to? <laughs> how many There's people that, now? There, there, there are several. And here's the bottom line. When the, when the chairman of the Committee of Jurisdiction ask you to come in and testify, in this case, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, you are obligated to do that. Remember, Rod Rosenstein is Senate confirmed. When he goes through his confirmation process, he gets asked that question, will you come and testify under oath and answer Congress's question when called? His answer to that is yes. He is obligated to do it, and for him not to come is ridiculous, particularly in light of what we now know where we have a contemporaneously uh, account of someone saying that he was serious about actually recording the commander-in-chief of this great country. So, yeah, he should be in front of us. And if he's not going to come in like he's supposed to, like he said he was going to, then there definitely should be a subpoena and we'll bring him in for a deposition. Well, there's a lot that Rod Rosenstein needs to explain, and it should be under oath. That's the normal procedure, as I understand yeah. it, right? It sure is. It sure is. It's supposed to come in. It's supposed to be under oath. We're the committee of jurisdiction, the Judiciary Committee. He's the guy who is, in effect, running the Justice Department. And understand the timeline. On May 9th, Comey is fired based on the Rosenstein memo. On May 16th is when he has this conversation with Lisa Page and Andy McCabe where he says he was thinking about recording the president. Contemporaneous with that, McCabe and Page tell the FBI chief counsel Jim Baker that Rod Rosenstein was serious about that. This is all on May 16th, and of course May 17th is when Bob Mueller is named special counsel. It's also interesting, Sean, what else happened on May 16th. That's the day Mueller went in and interviewed for the job of FBI director. The same day, just kind of interesting. And then, of course, he doesn't get the job, and the next day he's named special counsel. So this all happens. And then, as you pointed out in your intro, uh, the FISA renewal, the third FISA renewal, gets signed one month later. So that's sort of the timeline. And what we want is all we want to bring him in and ask him questions about all those events throughout that two month period. All right, Dave Brett, let's bring you into this. Uh, but first, tell us how is your race going? I, you know, I know that you've been targeted now by by Nancy Pelosi and company, and they're throwing a ton of money in your district to get you defeated. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. We're winning on the policy, uh, the, the health care, immigration, taxes. Uh, my opponent is a Pelosi liberal, and so we're putting the word out. But it's like you say, they're pouring billions in because they know. Yeah, they're going I, after I you and Barbara Comstock right. big time in yep. Virginia, right? Right. No, it's, it's, a, it's a battle, and uh, they're the resist. Uh, my opponent's the resist. Uh, she really doesn't have a platform at all right now. And so she's just running on the resistance and on the no vote, and that's it. So uh, I think I think the people, especially after the Supreme Court debacle on the left and then Hillary yesterday and all the folks chiming in on the left, I think the, uh, the voters in Virginia are going to do the right thing. Look, I think and we've been putting up 10 specific races a night, um, Congressman Jordan, you know, I mean, California, Arizona, Mia Love in Utah, Colorado has a number of seats. They're, they're, listen, if people want the full list, the, the, we've identified yeah. the top 70 seats. We put it up on Hannity.com uh, so that people can check and make sure that, that if th- their congressman or woman is in a tough race, that they get out to the polls. What do you think is going to happen in 26 days, Congressman Jordan? I- I think we're going to win. I think we got great candidates like Dave Brad who are fighting for the things that the American people elected us to fight for. So I think we're going to win. And I think the way you frame it up, Sean, is the way you've been doing it. 
how radical the left is. I like to say it this way. They're, they're the, the left today is that they applaud Kaepernick when he disrespects the flag. They embrace Governor Cuomo when he says America was never that great. And they cheer on Maxine Waters when she says go out and harass anyone who supports the president. And we saw that double down on that whole mindset, double down on yesterday with what Clinton and Holder said about Republicans. What do you make Contra- of all this? I, they're going after Sarah Sanders and Pam Bondi and Secretary it's Nielsen. Crazy. Yeah, I, it just it's just how radical the left is. Today's modern Democrat Party, today's party of the left, has taken most extreme positions in history. Raise your taxes, abolish ICE, never secure the border, continue to socialize medicine, and impeach the president. And you contrast that with what the president, under his leadership, we've accomplished. I mean, the list is phenomenal. We did this the other day, Sean, but think about it. Taxes cut, re- regulations reduced, economy growing at 4.2%, lowest unemployment in 50 years. We're out of the Iran deal, the embassies in Jerusalem. We've got a new NAFTA deal. The hostages have come home from North Korea. And we got two good guys on the United States Supreme Court. That's an amazing record. And if we frame it up that way, in 26 days, we will win and keep the majority and continue to be able to do the things to make America well, Why don't you teach America some great. of these candidates they can't string two sentences together? They're, they're, I, I have no idea why they're running for office when you can't communicate. This is a nationalized election, and we've got to understand that and go out and give that kind of message. Dave, Brad understands that he's out campaigning on the good things that have happened with conservative leadership and his leadership. Uh, that's how we have to run these campaigns, and if we do, I think we keep the majority. Let me ask you a question. Now, Fox has confirmed that the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, then Acting FBI Director, this is after the firing of Comey, Andrew McCabe, and Robert mm-hmm. Mueller all met on a weekend day after— Mueller's investigation started up, and in that meeting, Rosenstein and, and McCabe are, are both detailing reasons why the other one needs to recuse themselves from the <laughs> Russia investigation. Yeah. As, as yeah. Mueller's sitting there watching all this go on and knowing that, well, I guess I'm in charge of the whole thing. What do you make yeah. of that, uh, Dave Brett? Yeah, well, I'll just go back to the way you framed it. You always have to ask uh, comments. I'll let Jim, because he's on oversight, get the specifics. But in your intro, Rosenstein said, we have to follow the Constitution for the people because we need oversight to follow the evidence using reason. And now he won't show up in front of the people, right? So he's not just saying no to Jim Jordan and members of Oversight Committee. He's saying no to the American people. And when he's just said in your remarks that the job and the role of the Constitution is to give the people oversight using evidence and reason. So he's thumbing his nose at the U.S. Congress. Uh, and if we don't hold strong, uh, that precedent is not good. And I'll let Jim go on with the so, specifics. So, yeah, Sean, so you're exactly right. Both McCabe and Rosenstein have conflicts. This is interesting. They're both actually right. Andy McCabe should have been recused from any type of oversight over the Mueller investigation because of his involvement when his wife was his, – his conflict when his wife was running for office and he was supporting her. So that should have disqualified him. Rosenstein's right about that. But McCabe's right about Rosenstein. Rosenstein wrote the memo for why Comey should be fired. One of the things Mueller is looking into was their obstruction of justice into the firing of Comey. You gotta be kidding me. So that guy's gonna oversee this. <laughs> so oh. both of them had conflicts. And so th- th- that's sort of the funny thing is they're arguing with each other. I'm like, you're both right. Neither one of you should be involved in this special counsel, any type of oversight. All right, I wanna thank you both for being with us. Uh, Congressman Bratt, the seventh district of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, one other race in Virginia is Barbara Comstock's seat is very, very close race there. Um, I hope the people of Virginia get out to vote for you. Congressman Pratt, thanks for being with us. You know, Thank by the you, way, don't, don't you hate somebody like Jordan? He's going to run away with, you know, a 20-point victory in his district. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, everybody out there, go to DaveBrat.com, B-R-A-T. There's I mean, nice you, you're taking there. on, you know, you have a tough district, and there's your buddy Jim yep. Jordan. He's like, you know, coasting into re-election. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, he's got to lead the whole Thank country, you, so he's got a lot on him, too. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. We, uh, yeah, we need you both. We need everybody in the Freedom Caucus back, and we need to build the Freedom Caucus. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you, Sean. Sean. Great. Take care. One of the things we're going to be breaking exclusively tonight on Hannity on the Fox News Channel is James O'Keefe, well, the opponent of Marsha Blackburn, the former governor of Tennessee, um, well, he actually went undercover. And wait do you hear what is said. And by the way, this is one of what's going to be a series of tapes that will expose all of these red state Democrats. They say one thing when they're running for office, but they have very different plans after and later. And we're going to get to all of that. Uh, let's say hi to Regis in Ohio, Toledo. What's going on, Regis? How are you? I am good, Sean. How are you? I'm good. What's happening? Hey, uh, you just had Jim Jordan and uh, Dave Brad on there, and you've had um, uh, uh, Trey Gowdy, I think, previously over the past time. But the thing that irritates me about when you talk to these guys and this Rod Rosenstein uh, fiasco that's going on, you never ask them, why don't they just – Somebody stand up and make this guy appear. And how does he keep his job when he won't come and, you know, go before Congress like he's being instructed to? Well, I mean, that's a great that's a great point, because you and I wouldn't be able to duck a subpoena. You know, we, you and I wouldn't be able to if, if they subpoenaed our documents. Good luck to us. Just like in the case of Hillary Clinton, if, if, if you're subpoenaed. You know, your emails and you delete 33,000 of them and then you bleach bit your hard drive and have someone bust up your devices and take out SIM cards. Guess what's going to happen to you, Regis? Take a guess. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're going you to know, jail. I like Jim Jordan. I like Dave Brad. I like all these guys. But after a while, you just find out they're 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 all talk and no action. That's not true. I mean, big. you think of everything that we have gotten. We have been able to unpeel the onion to the point where we've exposed that all of this happened. They listen. Every document we have gotten is because we had to pull teeth to get everything. I mean, we we are getting there. I hope you see that. You've given it to them on a platter, but they won't act on it for some well, reason. It's not Jordan, and it's not Brat, and it's not Meadows, but it is some of the leadership in the Republican Party that are weak and timid and have learned nothing of the success of Donald Trump. That I can that I can agree with you on. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Bill O'Reilly, he wrote a book about the Nazi SS. It is mind-blowing, real evil. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Write down our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program so I got a copy of Bill O'Reilly's brand new book. It's called Killing the SS and Bill's killing series, if you will. And, and that means it's killing Jesus and, and Patton and, and all these great books that he's written. And actually now they're over. I was watching on the Fox News channel as an ad out there. It is now the number one bestselling history st- series in history. And this tells a powerful story and one that I think we really need to always be aware of, and that is that evil does exist. I've talked about this for years. It's very hard for good people or genuinely good people, people trying to be good people, to understand and wrap their arms around the fact that how is it possible that, you know, communism and fascism, and in this case that he was writing about Nazism, In the last century, 100 million human souls destroyed. 
Now, I couldn't put the book down as it tells the entire story of the post-war manhunt for these Nazi war criminals that even takes us to modern day. And it's extraordinarily well-researched. And um, I honestly, Bill, I think it's a very hard concept for people to understand the type of evil that really, truly existed in Nazi Germany. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me on the program, uh, Hannity. It's nice to talk to you. Welcome back. It's good um, to have you. Very, uh, very troubling times we're living in. Absolutely. And I'm following you closely on TV and radio. And I wrote this book partly because I wanted Americans to know that true evil exists and that we can't turn away from it. Because if we do, we're going to find ourselves down the road facing a situation, I wouldn't say it's going to be Hitler and the Third Reich, but we're heading toward hate and fear dominating the country. You know, And you can see it. You see what happened to Kavanaugh and the attacks on him. You see what Antifa is doing. You see people walking into schools gunning down children. You see thousands shot on the streets of Chicago by drug gangs. I mean, evil is everywhere. And if we turn away, as the Germans did prior to World War II, we're going to be in for big, big trouble here. Well, and, you know, there was a moment, and I mean, the real history and heroes of World War II, somebody like, you know, you compare the appeasement policies of Neville Chamberlain with the heroic understanding of evil in his time with Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill, in the leader, he was warning everybody, you've got to pay attention. Re- this book is, this man is a maniacal murderer. And it took him, and I think one of the most courageous stories in history is Winston Churchill, during the bombing of Britain, walking amongst the people of London every single day. I don't think you could ever see that in today's world, but he did it. You know, by, well, blood, tears, and sweat. I mean, one of we will fight them, and the what was my plan? Victory, victory. I hope that any of my friends and colleagues, or former colleagues, who are affected by the political reconstruction, will make all allowances for any lack of ceremony with which it has been necessary to act. I would say to the House, as I said to those who have joined the government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. At this time, I feel entitled to claim the aidable. And I say, come then, let us go forward together with our united strength. Bill, that was, to me, one of the most courageous, bold speeches in in the history of mankind. And Churchill, when he gave it, didn't even know what was going on happen in the concentration camps and the slaughtering of men, women, and children by ordinary citizens. I mean, these were merchants and and farmers and bankers who, after the war, put on black uniforms with a death's head skull on their cap, went in and gassed babies. And this is what I mean. Evil exists, as you just said in the introduction to this chat. Evil exists, and we in America have to face it, and we can't turn away from it anymore. If we see something wrong... And I really thought the the attack on Kavanaugh and his family was so desperately wrong. Um, was, we have to speak horrible. up. Uh, you broadcast 43 years. You know every two and four years, if you're conservative or Republican, you're a racist, sexist, you want to kill children, you want Granny to, to go over the cliff, they'll have a Paul Ryan lookalike doing it. 
that that is a smear. But you know, I, when I think of real evil, I think of nine eleven or radical Islamic terrorism. There is a political component. You know, why would America ever drop a hundred and fifty billion dollars in cargo planes in cash and other currencies? on the tarmac of radical mullers that chant death to Israel, death to America. That, to me, is modern-day appeasement. Well, you have, a, you have a world that's sharply divided in what is considered good and evil. Um, and, and killing the SS really brings it home. You're either going to be a person who fights against evil or not. Because some of the people who helped these SS people get away after the war, we're talking the Red Cross. We're talking elements of the Catholic Church. We're talking elements of the CIA. Helped, helped Eichmann and Mengele and Borman and Barbie get away. And, and, and you have to be able to distinguish in your own life, everybody listening to us right now, what is really evil. Let me give you a real small thing. You might have talked about it. There was a writer, there is a writer for Colbert who put out a tweet that said, yeah, even though Kavanaugh is confirmed, at least we destroyed his life. You saw that, right? I did. I talked a lot about it. It was horrible. We destroyed the man's life. That is an evil statement. Yep. Now, that statement could not happen from Sean Hannity's crew or Bill O'Reilly's crew. It couldn't happen because if anybody did that working for us, they wouldn't be working for us much longer, would they? No, not at all. Did anything happen to the writer for Colbert? Nothing. Okay. So now you're starting to crystallize it. There are Americans, apparently like Stephen Colbert, who don't really care if their members of their crew are trying to destroy other human beings. It doesn't really bother them very much. Bill, here's what scares me about the process we live through every two and four years And I say this as somebody that really, my heart of hearts, you know, I'm a blue-collar guy like you from Long Island, and I just want the the good blessings in my life. I want opportunity for every man, woman, and child. And the only way you're going to do that is get government out of the way and let people do what they are born to do. And I I look around me, and I'm I'm listening every two and four years, and then Judge Kavanaugh and Robert Bork and— and I'm thinking, this, this is, we've got to be better than rushing to judgment. They did it with Duke Lacrosse. They rushed to judgment in Ferguson. They did it in, in Baltimore. They did it in Cambridge. We've got to be better than just abandoning core constitutional, fundamental issues like due process and presumption of innocence. There's more to it, though. The new element in this that you and I didn't have to deal with in the first 20 years we were both on the Fox News channel, is that the press, the media, which has always been left, has now allied itself with the hard progressive left. They're in it together. That's new. And then you add in the millions of dollars going into groups like Move On, Media Matters, Color of Change, you know the groups. Millions of dollars are flowing into those groups, and their only mandate is to destroy people with whom they disagree. This Kavanaugh thing was not accidental, and it wasn't caused by one woman stepping forth. This was an organized thing that if they couldn't get him before the confirmation on merit, they're going to destroy him personally. 
It was organized. You have seen it, and I have seen it. We've seen boycotts spraying up. We've seen demonstrations spontaneous. We've seen a woman in an elevator with a CNN camera browbeat Senator Flake. Who's that woman? She's working for a Soros organization making $175,000 a year. Did anybody report that? So this Very is few. a step up. This is a step up. And Americans are largely ignorant of what's happening. Well, let me we ask you that. Let me ask is. you this. We got an election in 26 days. What is the impact of all this going to be? I don't know. Uh, you I mean, it depends on the awareness of people. But if you look back into 1930, to 1936, this is very similar to what happened in Germany. Good people in Germany, good Germans, looked away. They did not confront the evil that was coming at them. And I'm put forth to you in America, we have a lot of evil coming at us right now, and I don't know how many people are looking away. And we'll find out one part of it in the midterms. I think it's the most important midterm in our life. The odds are not with the party that obtains power in the White House. We'll see. But I do think that this is a tipping point election in a, in a lot of ways. I think uh, you're right over the target and you're right in on so many other ways. As we continue, Bill O'Reilly's brand new book is out. It's Killing the SS, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere, and Hannity.com. Let me just go back, if I may, to your book, because I was really impressed. I couldn't put this book down. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is with us. The book is called Killing the SS. Um, and I kind of consider myself a World War II history buff, in a, in a sense. My dad fought in World War II. And what I liked and I learned from the book was post-World War II, after the fall of the Third Reich, and... And then you had British, Israeli, American, all these intelligence forces working together to apprehend the likes of Adolf Eichmann and Joseph Mengele and, and all these other, you know, brutal bugs, evil murderers. And, uh, and that whole search was a pretty fascinating thing, and it went on for years. You know, we got, uh, after we wrote Killing Jesus, we had uh, formed, Martin Dugard and I, um, a nice relationship with the Israeli government. And we went back to them for killing the SS, and they opened up some of their Mossad files that nobody had ever seen before. Um, and we got information about the trackdown of uh, Eichmann and uh, Mangala and Klaus Barbie that nobody else has ever seen. They have been secret all these years. Did you know that Klaus Barbie, the butcher of Lyon in France, headed the Bolivian Secret Service, and that's actually a secret police, and he was responsible for tracking down and murdering Che Guevara. Unbelievable. Castro's right-hand man. Those are the kinds of things that are all over killing the SS. So if people are interested in history, they're interested in, in this Holocaust, which every American, and the younger people don't know anything about it. So buy this book, read it, and then slap it into the hands of some 22-year-old. Um, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I got to tell you one thing, because there's something happening in history. We have a moment to thread a needle like we've never had before. And out of fear of Iranian hegemony, we have an unprecedented alliance that is emerging. The United States, Israel, our closest, closest ally in the Middle East, the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Saudis, uh, putting aside the issues with Saudi Arabia today, and the Emirates. And they're all uniting, sharing intelligence, 
and recognizing the evil that is the Iranian mullahs chanting death to Israel, death to America, and fomenting terror, the number one state sponsor of terror, fomenting proxy wars all around the region. And this might be the opportunity to create that peace in the Middle East that has been evasive forever. That's what I see as a potential possibility. There is a possibility there that the Iranian people themselves, the Persians, will um, have had enough and will take out the mullahs who are persecuting not only them, but anybody else that they don't like. Um, The mullahs are no different than the Third Reich. I mean, the Revolutionary Guard in Iran at this moment is no different than the SS. It's the same mentality. We'll kill you and we don't care. You're infidels. Um, So, yes, you're right. There is an opportunity now. Um, It's going to take a lot of leadership and a lot of guts. And um, we can't put John Kerry in in charge of it, uh, Hannity. So just we we (laughs) cannot put uh, John Kerry. I can see you lost your sense of humor since I've talked to you last. Yeah, I know. I know. It's Long Island thing, you know. Well, listen, I'm very impressed with the book. Uh, Thank you. The whole series is impressive. It's the best-selling history series in history. Nope. Yeah, and then best-selling nonfiction book no. series in history, 17 million in print. I mean, that's that's a crazy number in terms of book sales, and uh, I wish you all the best. I like this. This happens to be a, a – I wrote a book once years ago, Deliver Us from Evil. I and, know. And I talked a lot about this, but I talked more about it in terms of the Soviet Union and, and communism and socialism and fascism and Nazism, and I put it all together, and I said we lost 100 million people. We, we appreciate you being on. Uh, sure. Bill O'Reilly, the book is called Killing the S. It's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere, and we put it up on Hannity.com. Bill O'Reilly, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. I continue to success, Sean. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, news roundup information overload, 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, So Michelle Obama, well, she joined the Today Show earlier today in an interview about the comments of Eric Holder, and the down just kicked them. And I sent out a tweet. This is phony outrage, fake outrage. Uh, the people that feign outrage all the time are on the left, and the double standard is just it, its so obvious and transparent. But anyway, and then Hillary Clinton is, you can't be civil with Republicans. Well, her own husband once said, get in their face. We'll send Mr. Burgess to tear up Sean Hannity. So let's be honest about it. Anyway, so she said, uh, you know, he said, Eric Holder, when they go low, we should kick them. And Hillary Clinton, you can't be civil. And, you know, Michelle Obama's answer is, well, you know, do you, does it still stand if they go low, we you go high and all that? Cra- that's been a falsehood, which we have chronicled regularly on this program. I'll, here are just a few of the examples. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. All right, joining us now to discuss and debate, we have Jonathan Gillum, author of the bestseller Sheep No More, Danielle McLaughlin, attorney, constitutional expert, and in four weeks is going to have her second baby. Uh, Congratulations. Hey, Sean, thank you. (laughs) Um, So you read, do you have a name and everything? Have you picked out? (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, it's a secret. 
What do you mean um, it's a secret? We do, we do have an idea. Well, just tell me and, and you know, 20 million other people. Go ahead. We'll listen. I, ha- I have... I have to reason that it's going to be Sean Hannity, but it's a girl. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> you could say Shauna. Shauna, there you go. There you go. Did you say it was going to be Bocephus? I thought that's what the you said. Bocephus? S- I thought you said it was going to be Bocephus. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, look, I, I play every two and four years. The Democrats, they claim Republicans are racist and Republicans are sexist and misogynist and Islamophobic and xenophobic and and so on and so forth homophobic and they want dirty air and water barack obama once famously said and and we they want children to die and if you don't increase medicare more than seven percent every year you want to throw grandma over a cliff so i don't want to get lectures from anybody and then now we see people you know secretary nielsen pam bondi sarah sanders ted cruz uh, mitch mcconnell uh, you know, I guess the the angry mob now getting into people's faces like they've been told to do by Maxine Waters, Cory Booker, and others. And I think Rand Paul's right that um, this is not going to end well. Somebody's either going to get hurt or killed in the process, uh, Danielle. And it's one big lie that they go high because the Democrats have never gone high. They've always gone low. Look, I pray that uh, nothing terrible happens. And I agree with you for once that we're seeing this escalation of rhetoric, which is terrible. Um, I do want to say something about what Eric Holder said, because he is, there's more to the quote than has been quoted. You know, he says, he goes on to say, I don't mean to, we do anything inappropriate. We don't have to do anything illegal, but we have to be tough and we have to fight. And there's something in, in the, the rhetoric of the president that people respond to, I think, this toughness on the world stage and domestically. And so I think maybe Democrats are looking at that saying, maybe we need to be a bit tougher. All right, we've got to get a new line. But it's never been the case, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we chronicle this every two and four years. And I think we saw the worst of the worst with Judge Kavanaugh. You know, immediately, I believe, I, I think people that make serious allegations like was made in the case of Professor Ford, they've got to be listened to, but she gave the names of people, including an eyewitness, that d- didn't corroborate the story. Yeah, you know, the, the problem with what we're having now, Sean, is that we don't just have the, the same rhetoric that politics have every year. We also have activists out there. We have um, different groups like Antifa and uh, By All Means Necessary, BAMN, and th- these people are actively going out and causing fear and intimidation, using violence, as we saw in Portland, Oregon. When you combine all these things, the the rhetoric, the violence, the on the ground, in your face type of stuff as they're going and intimidating the politicians and uh, and speakers when they're out eating. What you're seeing is an escalation far beyond just rhetoric, which we've had before. And it, even when you have somebody like Dr. Ford giving testimony, it gets masked, it gets covered up, whether it's serious or, or real or there's evidence or not. The stuff gets so covered up by emotion um, and that it's gotten completely out of control now to a point where. Uh, there, There is no truth. I mean, you look at these statements that Eric Holder made, you can't doublespeak. You can't say kick people and then say, let's not do anything illegal. That's doublespeak. But, Danielle, this has been your party. Name one thing that the, your Democratic Party, your beloved party, is offering the American people besides impeachment, endless investigations, keeping the failure of Obamacare, wanting the crumbs back of the tax cut, open borders, eliminating ICE. What, what, what are they going to do for the men and women in this country um, after eight years of failure with Barack Obama. What are, they gonna, what are they offering? What are they running on except hatred? 
you know, they're definitely going to uh, protect pre-existing conditions, Medicare and Medicaid. They care about the environment. Uh, they don't want to open borders. Okay, what are they going to do? They had eight years. Barack Hussein Obama's president. 13 million more Americans on, in, on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. Accumulated more debt than every other president before him combined. The lowest labor participation rate since the uh, 1970s. And the only president in history never to reach uh, 3% GDP, GDP growth in a year. You know, they had the, they had the football. They, they, they ran backwards. The country went backwards. Now we got 8 million Americans out of poverty. Four million off food stamps, four million jobs, manufacturing jobs, almost 500,000 of those. Those are jobs Obama said are never coming back. Why should anybody vote Democrat? Because all we hear is is lies, negativity, et cetera, et cetera. Look, George W. Bush inherited a surplus, ended up with a deficit. I'm talking about uh, what what are they offering today? Forget about George Bush. That's a century ago. What are they offering people now, and how have they changed from the Obama years? What are they offering besides, I hate Donald Trump? There's loads more. There's loads more. Like I said, we have, we care about Medicaid. We care about Medicaid. We care about jobs. All right, we got a bad line again. I mean, Jonathan, what is it? You know, something you just said a second ago about how long ago George Bush was in office, and they're still talking about this. What what I hear you saying, what I don't hear Danielle saying, or any liberals for that matter, is the fact that we're here and now, and there's things that have to be fixed now. We can reflect on the past eight years because it just occurred and we're still suffering from that. But we we have rhetoric in Washington, D.C. that is not trying to fix anything. And in fact, it's as if they are trying, the Democratic Party is trying to crush uh, the will of the American people so they can go after the Constitution, get rid of the Electoral College, change the number of Supreme Court justices, ridiculous stuff like that. And it's How do you become a party that doesn't even believe in simple due process, the Constitution, <laughs> presumption of innocence? How, you know, how, how do you become a party that is now noted for you, you know people in your party confronting people in, in restaurants, women, Pam Bondi, Secretary Nielsen, Sarah Sanders, you can't you can't even go have a bite to eat without being confronted now you, you know the list that you've been doing over the past year about all the stuff that have to do with the russia investigation and all that if you did a list on your show of all the things that the democrat party is trying to do to get away from the way we live the constitution due process all these things i think people would be shocked at how much they are trying to get us away from that the founding fathers instilled into the constitution it's shocking how, how do you run on the idea that i want you know the tax cuts the largest in history putting a thousand two thousand dollars in in the average family's pocket in this country that's real money for real families the first pay raise they've had since like 1990 in terms of real dollars and they call it oh those are just crumbs but they want the crumbs back. Yeah. I mean, how do you want the crumbs back? How, how many more Americans are going to lose their doctor, their plans, and pay, you know, 100% more? Yeah. In, and that's over the course of a year in some cases for health care. Who wants open borders? I've been down to the border. I've been in the drug warehouses. You've worked your life in right. law enforcement. Um, why not just build a wall, protect our borders Put a big door in. But we just got to check you out. Make sure you want to be a part of our family. You're not here to do any damage. 
You know, I, I just got back from Ireland. I went over to Ireland uh, for uh, four and a half days. I was just there for four and a half days. I'd never been to Europe before. I come back, and what I saw over there is, is the same thing that's happening over here. Uh, people are being neutralized. They're being, they want to take away their identity. They want to take away their individuality. They want to get rid of borders. They want to, uh, they want to integrate all these different cultures from all these other countries with no excuses. And what, what happens when you do that? People fall into line and they're easily controlled. We are a constitutional republic. Right. You know, it's, for example, Sharia law is an, is the glaring example. Somebody grows up with values that are the exact opposite of what we cherish dearly in this country, you know, where women are, you know, third-class citizens, can't vote, can't drive in some cases. Uh, Spousal rape is not even a crime in some of these countries. Mm -hmm. Gays and lesbians are killed for being who they are in some of these countries. You can't practice Judaism or Christianity in these countries. You know, I don't understand it. You know, we have to know that you want to adopt our values. I think that's fair. All right, got to take a quick break. We'll come back more with Jonathan Gillum and Danielle McLaughlin on the other side of the break. Also, Jedediah Beal is going to stop by. All right, as we continue with Danielle McLaughlin and our good friend Jonathan Gillum, you know, Danielle, I go back. What what are the big ideas that you have as a Democrat? What are you running on that's going to make this a better place? Well, first, I agree with you on this immigration thing. As an immigrant, I think you come here, you adopt the values, you're grateful for everything this country gives you. Um, so I'm with you on that. And as it relates to Democrats, again, it's things like Medicaid, Predicting pre-existing conditions. We well, what, what, what are you on? A Sports Illustrated liberal football I know what phone it is. from the it's 1960s? The Obama phone. Good grief. Is it one of those Obama phones for free? <laughs> I think the I Obama phones were actually real iPhones. I don't She's think talking was, through a megaphone from across. Do you know how irritating this is that you can't get a decent <laughs> oh phone line? See, this is what happens. Democrats don't pay their bills, and they didn't pay is Danielle's phone. You didn't pay for your, you know, That's right. You want the government to pay for your phone. You want everything. No, Child care, health care. You know, uh, what are we going to have? Driving services That's for people? That's why she doesn't have a car. And she lives in New York because they won't fill her gas tank, you Why know? can't you get a decent <laughs> phone? I don't understand it. Will you buy me one, Sean? Oh! oh! There it is. Of course, Liberal wants something for free, of course. We only Shocking. share the last name. That's it. That's all. No, I, I'll buy you a phone if you promise <laughs> to bust up this football phone and break it on the air. It's ridiculous. How many I'm more so phone calls sorry. do we have to make for you? I mean... All right, I'll I'm done. I'll see you next week. I'll see you in next studio. week. Yeah, I think that's maybe a good idea. Show up in studio <laughs> because the phone thing isn't working out too well. Actually, right now it sounds pretty good, so maybe she can give us some final thoughts. All right, final thoughts. Go. It's, so, it's always a pleasure being with you, and you know I love you, even though I disagree all the time. I do think Democrats need to fight for something. And they're not. Get something. 26 days, they're not. Admit it. <laughs> I th- I'm not going to agree with that. Sorry. <laughs> then what are they fighting for? Healthcare. Health care, keeping Obamacare, jobs. Trump is Trump is the one that got the jobs. We didn't have any jobs under Obama. He brought us down. He took us from the precipice of recession. Oh, okay. But he put 13 million more Americans on food stamps and 8 million more in poverty. That's yeah, eight years. It's, uh, okay, he had eight years to fix the mess. Trump has done all this in two job. years. That's the point. Uh, he halved black unemployment. He halved Hispanic unemployment. All right. Anyway, last word. Our good friend, 
you know, Jonathan Gillum. You know, Sean, you've been doing this for a long time, over 30 years you've been doing this. Yeah, and I've never heard a worse phone than <laughs> than Danielle McLaughlin's. And, and in that, in those 30 years, you, you see, I watch interviews where people are, they're asking young people if they're going to vote and they're going to say, they're saying no because they're not really into this. You have been in the middle of this. While I was out doing law enforcement, you were integrated into all this politics. Have you yourself ever seen... R- uh, the Democrat Party ever leave any sense of normalcy of what this country is all about? I mean, I remember when Reagan was in office, the Democrats, well, they Well, the only they, they thing I would say is that when Newt Gingrich came to power, and remember, it was right after the, the Clinton care fiasco. They tried to do socialized medicine, didn't work out. The Republicans, when they took power, Clinton was smart enough, and I think through the advice of people like Dick Morris and others, to move more to the center right And we were able to get to a balanced budget. It was one the Republicans put together. They finally got Bill Clinton to sign it, and it worked. But it was more out of political necessity than any any principles that that he held deeply. Liberalism is a failed, flawed ideology that never works. It seems great on paper. Free health care, free daycare, free, free, free. You know, we got this guy running out, uh, Gavin Newsom in California. Free everything for everybody, whether you're a citizen, a non-citizen. Free health care for anybody in California. You don't even have to be a resident or a taxpayer of California. Right. Okay, good luck, because everybody in the country that doesn't have health care, they're going to race out to California when they get sick. All right, Jonathan Gillum, thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. Danielle McLaughlin, we need to buy you a phone badly. Thanks for being with us. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your phone calls in a couple of minutes here. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. So the other night on Hannity, we had uh, on one of our panels, Jedediah Bila. And you, of course, remember she fills in for the five now. But for a period of time, I have no idea what she was thinking at the time. But she decided to take a gig at The View. And I occasionally tune in and I'm watching, you know, four or five on one every day and thinking, what was she thinking? But anyway, she wrote a great book and I had no idea what she was talking about when I read it. Do not disturb how I ghosted my cell phone to take back my life. And by the way, we put the book on Hannity.com. It's in bookstores everywhere. Amazon.com. Jedediah Bila is with us. Now, you've been filling in at the five uh, this week. How's that going? It's going great. I'm actually there today. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, it's, it's fabulous. And I, I heard what you said about the view. You know, I, I like to be tough and up, Sean. What could I say? <laughs> no, listen, I thought you did a great job under very difficult circumstances. I used to do that show back in the day. And the last time I was on, Rosie O'Donnell was there. And we got into a massive shouting match. And Barbara Walters couldn't do a thing about it. And it was just like, and then I, I walk out, and I'm like, what am I doing this for? It's a waste of my time. A total waste yeah. of my time. Well, um, you know what? Sometimes it's good because you reach people. You'd be surprised. When I, when I left, I had people write me and say, you know what? You made me think. You made me think about things in a way that I wouldn't have before. So right. if I can do that, I feel like it's not a bad day's work. By the way, I'm so happy for you. You uh, recently got married. Um, I did. And your life is going uh, fantastically well. You know, I didn't even know what the hell it meant when you said how I ghosted my cell phone to take back my life. What does ghosted mean? What do I listen? This is this is really important. This topic, and your listeners are going to love this because 
a lot of us are buried in technology right now. We're on our cell phone a lot. We're on social media a lot. It's too much sometimes. I had an addiction to technology. I, was, I went from being one of those people who was fully engaged in real-life moments, great conversations, face-to-face time, to someone who was staring at, you know, there's a ton of trolls on social media. It's not good for your health. Staring at that phone, losing my mind. And I started to sit back and say, is this good for me? What can I do to still have a presence in these spaces? By the way, as you're saying this. negatively affect my life. I want to paint yep. a picture for my audience. I have three television sets on uh, above the uh, my eye line. I have five, not one, not two, five computers in front of me, three with different websites, one with uh, an email and one with a call screener on it. And yep. I have not one but two phones, which I change basically every other week. Okay, so you need to read this book cover to cover because what was what ha- what happened to me and what's happening to people, and this is a particularly important book for for parents, for teachers, for people, for grandparents, for anyone who is working with or surrounded by kids and sees that kids now, when they're buried in these phones, they are losing so many important skills that we had. You may be surrounded by technology right now, Sean, but you have the benefit of growing up at a time when your formative years, you had to learn how to have conversations face-to-face. When, you know, I was thinking about my middle school dance the other day. You know, that boy had to get the courage up to walk across that dance floor and face-to-face ask me if I wanted to dance that built character. Well, let me tell you where I was. I was in the corner hanging out with my buddies, and I wasn't asking anybody <laughs> to dance. That wasn't happening. But you, but you had those important moments face-to-face with people. You're, you, you had your first fight, fight with your best friend, and, and you, you kind of figured out how to work it out. Now kids are doing all of this from behind a screen. And we also talk, we yeah, also But I'm talk, a little you know, bit torn with you because I will say when my son was young, and I guess it was a battle at the time, but I got him a PlayStation when he was four, and we were playing Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights, and th- this four-year-old kid learned how to figure out how to get to the – 12th level and and kill the mastermind long before I could ever figure it out. And I tell a funny I tell a funny story in the book about that because my dad is the least tech savvy person in the world. He right. he hates all that stuff and he got addicted to Super Mario Brothers when I was a kid. But <laughs> yeah, tell that story about that. But you know, but you know, think those, about those, it. They, all these kids they now get online. They have international competitions on Xbox, and I mean, I, I've watched my son play two Xboxes at the same exact time. Yeah, it's scary, but you know those games are wired to get people addicted. Okay, those but, gamers, but, but he's, they're not out, those... he's not out drinking. He's not out That's getting in true. trouble. That's true, but if they're going to do that, if they're going to spend time, I'm not saying throw away all the video games, throw your phone in the river, never do any of this stuff. All I'm saying is if that when you're raising your kids or even for yourself, you have to remember that certain things can't be done online. You still have to learn that eye contact is important. These kids that go on job interviews still have to be able to get there and have these interpersonal relationships and excel. If you're an adult and you're sitting with that phone next to your bed at night and you wake up for a bathroom break and it keeps you up in the middle of the night and that blue light emanating from the screen ruins your sleep, that's a problem. I heard from so many people that said that it was interfering with their life. Well, in a you'll be way. proud of me. I Listen, I did enjoy having Twitter fights with people a lot. And it, I will. It, it <laughs> a was too much. It was. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> probably a little too much. I mean, I was. I mean, there would be announcements. Game on. Hannity's at it with you know Alec Baldwin or whoever, Jimmy Kimmel, whoever I happened to be fighting at the time. And I realized it became another job. But more importantly, hey, Linda, what happened with our 
Twitter account. It was compromised. What was what's compromised? And I just finally said, this is ridiculous. And I, I just took it off my phone. I don't I I Linda does the tweeting and somebody at Fox does the tweeting. I just you know, I say, please tweet this out. Please tweet that. out, And then I don't have to do it. But there's also a moral component here, too, because we often talk in politics about instant gratification and we're now the instant gratification society. You people don't, there's no process to anything anymore. Nobody invests in anything. If you look at dating and relationships, anyone who has teenagers should be terrified because these, you know, these apps and Tinder and social media and what kids are doing on these, on these sites, it's all very overwhelming. And you Kids have to remember that relationships require investment and all those values that we value so much. We talk about conservative values all the time and how important it is. That's great, but a lot of those, that's going by the wayside with the, with the tech boom. So that's not to say you can't play a video game and you can't have fun and, and watch a, a binge watch something on Netflix, but you also have to remember to have these conversations with your kids and to have these conversations with yourself. You yourself see sometimes social media behavior turns us into monsters. It's so no, it's got, It has gotten that. vicious, there's no doubt. I mean, and I like a certain amount of fighting. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I, I kind of like, and it's entertaining to watch people bubble and fizz when you take a shot at these elitists in uh, Hollywood or left-wingers. But, well, anyway, the book is great. Do Not Disturb, How I Ghosted My Cell Phone to Take Back My Life, Jedediah Bila. And, of course, you see her offering on the uh, Fox News channel now that she has been rescued from The View. And uh, we, appreciate you. we appreciate you being back with us, and it's good to hear your voice. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Sean. Greatly appreciate it. I want to go back to what happened earlier today at the White House when Jim Brown and Kanye West met with the president. It was an unbelievable exchange. I want to play a little extended version of it here, and then we'll try to get some calls in. Listen to this. You know, people expect that if you're black, you have to be Democrat. I have a, uh, I've, I've had conversations that basically said that welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being Democrat. They say, you know, first of all, it, it, it's a limit to amount of jobs. Uh, so the, the fathers lose the jobs and they say, we'll give you more money for having more kids in your home. And then we got rid of the mental health institutes in the 80s and the 90s and the prison rates just shot up. And now you have Chirac, what people call Chirac, which is actually our uh, murder rate is going down by 20% every year. I just talked to the superintendent, met with Michael Sachs, that's Ron, Ron's uh, right-hand man. So uh, I think it's the bravery that helps you beat this game called life. You know, they tried to scare me to not wear this hat, my own friends, but this hat, it gives me, it gives me power in a way. You know, my dad and my mom separated, so I didn't have a lot of male energy in my home. And also, uh, I'm married to a family that, um, you know, <laughs> not a lot of male energy going on. It's beautiful, though. But there's times where, you know, it's something about, you know, I love Hillary. I love everyone, right? But the campaign, I'm with her, just didn't make me feel as a guy that didn't get to see my dad all the time, like a guy that could play catch with his son. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman, that was, that's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cape for me also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys, non-political, no bullshit and just goes in and gets it done. Right now, you gave me the heart to go to Adidas because at Adidas, when I went in in 2015, we were a $14 billion company losing $2 billion a year. Now we have a $38 billion market cap. It's called the Yeezy effect. 
And I went to Casper. We had a meeting in Chicago. And I said, you have to bring manufacturing on shore, in, not even shore, into the core. It's not about the borders, the core of Adidas. And Chicago is the core of middle America. We have to make middle America strong. I, I mean, this Adidas thing made me a billionaire. And I could have lost $200 million walking away from that deal. But even with that, I knew it was more important for me to take the chance of walking away from that deal than to have no fathers in Chicago with no homes. And when we do have prison reformation for no, because it's, uh, uh, it's habilitation, not rehabilitation, because we didn't have the abilities in the first place. We never had anyone that taught us. We didn't teach us. Exactly. We had no one to taught us, right? So um, uh, it's more important than any specific deal, any, anything that we bring jobs into America. One of the moves that I love that liberals tried to do, the liberal would try to control a black person through the concept of racism because they know that we are very proud, emotional people. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall. I would like to know what you would like to ask President Trump to do for Chicago. You're here to talk about crime in Chicago. The, the thing that, um, that the uh, head of the police and um, Mike Sachs met with me last night at the Soho House about was we feel that stop and frisk uh, does not help the relationships in the city. And everyone that knew I was coming here said, ask about stop and frisk. That's, that's, that's uh, the number one thing that we're uh, having this conversation about. Uh, another thing is opening up industries, and we've got to get some tax breaks to, because you know, we're making, um, we got a speed factory in Atlanta, but the shoes are costing us $300, so it's costing us too, too much to make things. So we need some prototypes here so we can get people back working so China can't just beat us and Vietnam can't beat us. You got Levi's, the greatest jeans company in the world, making their jeans in, uh, in Vietnam. So we're going to need to get a few breaks to be able to have some places in my hometown of Chicago and the 2.7 million to the 9 million surrounding suburbs where we can create some factories. Now I think it would be cool for them to be Trump factories because he's a master of industry. He's a builder. And I think it would be cool to have Yeezy ideation centers which would be a mix of education that empowers people and gives them modern information. Like, sometimes people say, this kid has ADD, this kid has ADD. He don't have ADD, school is boring. It was boring, it's not as exciting as this. We have to make it more. He don't have ADD, school is boring. It was boring, it's not as exciting as this. We have to make it more exciting, we have to mix curriculums. You play basketball while you're doing math. You, you, you learn about music while you meditate in the morning. We have to instate mental health and art programs uh, back into the, uh, back to the city. So so those are, uh, and also Larry Hoover is an example of a man that was turning his life around. And as soon as he tried to turn his life around, they hit him with six life sentences. So I believe he's, with, you say don't tear down the statues. Larry Hoover is a living statue. He's a beacon for us that needs to see his family, that needs to go out and represent. When you have a block leader on every single block, they can own the block as their own. That's something I learned from Jim Brown from Amer I Can. We need to put curriculums from people who really came from the streets, not people who are just trying to set us up to go into a work system or prison system that applies to what people are really going through, which Jim Brown has created. What about gun violence with all the debate about the Second Amendment going on? The problem is illegal guns. Illegal guns is the problem. 
not 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 legal guns. We have the right to bear arms. I mean, let me tell you what what the most interesting thing that I think people there is an opportunity now for conservatives just looking at the job numbers as one one indicator. Record low un- unemployment in 14 states, record low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace and youth unemployment. Now, it's always been that it's the left, liberals, that they have a monopoly of compassion on all minority groups. And Republicans, every two and four years, you hear a racist. Nothing is further from the truth. The answer is creating an atmosphere with the fundamental predicate that every man, woman, and child is a child of God and has some talent and bring it out. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News channel. Uh, we've got Pam Bondi, Mark Meadows, Mark Penn, Candace Owens, John James. Where do you see them tonight? The meeting with Kanye that went on in the White House today and the horrible treatment and, and things the media is saying about it. Uh, Sarah Carter, Greg Jarrett, John Solomon, David Limbaugh, and much more. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.